Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30pm for our weekly discussion. From Genesis all the way through to Revelation, let's read the entire Bible in 2021 with The Bible Unmasked. Good evening and welcome to episode 48 of the Bible Unmasked. I'm your host, Cassandra Pierre, covering for Olivia Smith. Our thoughts and prayers are with Olivia, who um, cannot be with you um, today. So as you know, the Bible um, Unmasked is our weekly Bible study. We, we've been reading the Bible since um, earlier this year um, on January 1st. And every Sunday evening, we come together and we review, you know, we have our wonderful pastors um, answer our questions, Pastor McCoy, um, Pastor Jen, Principal Stevenson, Pastor Paul, um, Pastor March, Pastor Dexter. So all the pastors, um, they come together and answer our questions once a week on um, Sunday evening. So as you know, our goal um, has been to read the entire Bible in 2021, and we are almost there. We only have a few weeks left. It's almost over, and we are excited because we have a you know, good knowledge of the Bible, and hopefully next year we can do something else where, where we can dig deeper. We can you know, go deeper into some of those um, difficult um, passages. But for now, we are almost done with our reading of um, the entire Bible. So remember to like us on Facebook so you can, well, on YouTube, rather, so you can um, be notified of our live streams. Um, and make sure that you invite your friends, your family members to read the Bible with you and watch the Bible Unmasked. So today I have the privilege of um, hosting um, this evening with um, Pastor McCoy. Welcome, Pastor McCoy. Thank you very much, uh, Cassandra. It's a delight to be again on another episode of the Bible and Mask, and uh, looking forward to this one. Absolutely. And Pastor McCoy was away for a few weeks. He went to his beautiful homeland of Jamaica. Looks like he's still in Jamaica. I'm seeing like some coconut trees behind him, the beautiful ocean. Uh, That's no, an island feel. <laughs> it's a bit nostalgic because, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's wonderful. So Pastor McCoy, we have a lot um, to talk about today. So um, let's get to it. But first, let's have a word of prayer. Um, please close your eyes and bow your head. For the Lord, um, thank you for your powerful word. We pray that we pray that we understand it and always keep it in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So Pastor McCoy, last week's um, we last week we cover Acts 8 um, to 21. Can you briefly um, tell, remind us and our viewers what we um, discussed um, last week, last Sunday? All right. So what we, we saw in Acts is the growth and the development of the early church. Um, and we saw how the promise of Christ was fulfilled in, in Acts chapter 1. Christ told his disciples to wait for the power of the Spirit. Um, and when the Spirit comes... Um, there'll be witnesses all over beginning in Jerusalem. And we're seeing how the church grew and developed and the gospel spread even on the persecution. Um, the spirit worked in the church, find means and ways and people who were willing um, and sometimes people who were, uh, who were resisting the call became a part of that. I'm talking about Paul. Um, so what we saw was a, a movement of the spirit um, guiding these these disciples who were without Christ and how they took up the mantle and began spreading the gospel across um, Asia Minor, the then known, then known um, majority of the world. Yes, yeah, so it was interesting to see how um, the disciples, after Jesus died, after they were able to really you know, spread the word of God, that was interesting. And that should be a very good model for us today because the work is not over. There's a lot left to be done. So hopefully we can rely on the Bible to do that. And, and you know, all that we need is in the Bible. So we just have to read it and make sure we apply us because, you know, Jesus um, gave us those, uh, you know, the pathway. So we know exactly how to get there. So we just have to do what we have to do. 
So um, this week, Pastor McCoy, um, we read Acts um, 22 to Romans 14. What is this about? All right. So we um, we are still, as we said, we're still in the book of Acts and we're seeing how the spirit has been moving. And in particular now, we're focusing on um, one person, that being Paul. Um, I mentioned earlier that the, the spirit used even people who were once resistant um, and uh, towards the gospel. Now we are looking at Paul and how his struggle and his wrestling, how he what he went through as he became a, a, a disciple and apostle of the gospel, how he was sent forth in the resistance, he experienced the challenges, the difficulties, and how he had to go through so much to, to, to pre pre present the gospel. And then in Romans, we find um, uh, a very artful um, argumentation about um, the gospel in relation to grace, in relation to law, and uh, how we ought to live um, a, a very, very interesting um, um, epistle in Romans. So uh, very interesting read we, we have this week. Very interesting. Absolutely. Um, so our first question, you know, our first question is from Acts 22, verse 16. Um, and that verse reads, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. So our question, Pastor McCoy, is baptism necessary for salvation? Must I be baptized in order for me to be saved? All right. So this is a very good question. And um, here, here, here's what. So people think about the, the thief on the cross, right? Um, he wasn't baptized. He had no opportunity to be baptized. But yet still Jesus says, today, you know, he got a promise that today, the promise was given today that you will be with me in paradise, right? Um, the, the, the indication is that he was saved, right? Um, but apart from that one instance, um, how necessary is baptism um, for salvation? Now, um, we know uh, in, uh, of a fact that salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ. We believe uh -huh. we are saved. Right. That's that's clear in the Gospels. That's clear in the epistles. We believe we are saved. But you'll find that believing and baptism um, normally comes together. Um, you'll find it in the end of the book of, of, of Mark. You're going to find that you find it very early in the book of Acts and chapter two, chapter four. Um, this, these things being tied together, believing and being baptized. Here's what I would say. Um, uh, Cassandra, you and Edward, right? And, and for most <laughs> married couples, um, faith is, is that expression of a commitment. Like uh, Edward said, um, you know, Cassandra, I love you, right? <laughs> uh, but then comes the, the, the culmination, or you want to say the, that brings it all together, that ties everything together was the marriage, the marriage um, sermon to say, this is official. Right, mm -hmm. you express love for each other, but how do you see that? How do you make that public declaration? How do you say to the world then that we belong to each other? The marriage ceremony, um, in the same way, the baptismal ceremony um, is a public declaration that we have given ourselves to Jesus. We are in love with Jesus, and uh, uh, we want the world to know. And and it places a responsibility upon us to live a saved life, right? So. Baptism is a necessary part of the commitment. It, it is the culmination of the commitment which began in faith, mm -hmm. right? Um, so someone say, then pastor, if someone is on, a in the, on their deathbed right now and they have <laughs> faith in Jesus Christ and they- That was going to be our next question, actually. <laughs> and they can't be baptized, um, what do you say? I say that person is going to be saved because okay. baptism is, is, is a symbolic act. Baptism is a, is a symbolic act of, of, of what faith has already done, right? Because when you, when you read in, in um, when you read, when you're going to see it in, um, in, in the Gospel of Romans, right? Um, baptism, the, the idea is we, we go down into the water grave, right? We come up a new person. And Paul speaks about that, um, this, to this newness of life. But this newness of life began in, in the act, in the expression of faith in Jesus Christ. But baptism is, is, the, sim, is the symbol of that faith. Right, so they go hand in hand. Um, 
but as I get into the person on the sick bed and, they, and they're unable to be baptized, um, my reading and my faith, my understanding of the Bible tells me that that person is saved even if they do not have the, the, the opportunity to mm -hmm. act out the symbolic, the symbolic act of faith in baptism, that person would still be saved because it's faith. The Bible says, for God's of the world, he gave his only son and whosoever believeth in him, right? So believing and accepting Jesus is the, is, is the fundamental and most important aspect, which baptism now comes in and declares to the world that, listen, I'm definitely in love with Jesus. I got it, I get it. So because that person who's dying, um, believes that person is saved because there's yeah. no time for baptism but right. for you know the average person once we believe you know we get baptized and, and we are saved amen amen so our next question uh, Pastor Marco, is also from um, Acts 22 um, but verse 25 as they stretched him um, out to flog him Paul said to the centurion standing there is it legal for you to flog a woman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? So the question is, what was the law concern, concerning a woman citizen that spared Paul um, a beating and later death? So Paul was really spared, you know, he's, he was spared only because it was a woman citizen. So what, so what was that law that um, spared his life? Right. Um... And I think this is 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 a is a part of. Um, let's talk about women's citizenship first, right? So mm -hmm. you know, um, the, the this practice of, you know, uh, we're immigrants. We come from out the Caribbean. We come to the Americas. We get our citizenships, and 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 we become um, citizens of this land, America. Um, citizenship for for um, for the Romans was was um, a part of their business their business model. Um, if you want to say our their public policy, how they they raise funds, so you could buy your citizenship, um, um, you could buy your Roman citizenship, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why Paul was specific. When you read, uh, let me read a part for you. Um, Paul in in verse early in verse twenty two, um, when Paul was spoken um, Aramaic and they were surprised, um, Paul Paul started to tell them where, where he was born. He was born in, in, in Tarsus of, of Sicilia, right? To emphasize that, listen, I was born in Rome. I, my citizenship wasn't bought, right? Mm. So, so Paul is making the point that he was a born, uh, he was born, uh, he's a born, born Roman. But not only that, um, in terms of the, the, the execution of law and in terms of punishment for crime, um, as, with, as with today, you you don't punish someone until you're proven guilty, right? And that's a point Paul was make, making, right? Um, it, it's illegal. What they were going to do, what they were attempting to do was, was against the law, especially against a born Roman citizen. Now, you could try that with a, with a person who inherited citizenship by purchasing it. You'd probably get away with that, with, with that per, kind of person, because they're not, you know, they bought their citizenship. But mm -hmm. one who was born... You know, you, you, better get, you better be careful how you deal with that person. And so Paul was, when you, when you look at Acts 22, Paul is making us, he's telling a story about how he came to Christ and all of this and how his life story, but he's doing it in such a way to, to, to show that he's both Jew and he's both Roman at the same time. And he, he's setting up himself to get both privileges based on both um, citizenship, right? So he's a Jew, he has a right to believe in God, he's, but he's a Roman and he has a right to, to, to protection under Roman law, right? So, so Paul is saying that it's illegal. You might think I'm a Jew, but I'm also a Roman, so you can't just, you can't just treat me like I'm a stranger, right? You can't treat me like I'm, a, I'm an immigrant or I'm someone who, who's not from this land. I have rights and I'm, and I'm, I'm defending my rights. Um, so Paul is making a point that it was illegal, which the text suggests, right? So, um, that, that, that's the, the case there. Um, Paul wanted to prove his case first um, because they arrested him. He wanted to make his argument to prove that he was innocent um, before they even tried to punish him. Right? So that, that was what was happening right there. Um, um, in right. there. And that was smart and it worked, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it did work. It, it, it did work. Paul, Paul's argumentation is, is stellar. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a stellar, uh, yeah. Absolutely. So Acts 24, um, verse 5 reads, Pastor McCoy, 
we have found this man to be a troublemaker stirring up riots um, among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the Nazarene sect. So what is a Nazarene sect? Assuming it has to do with Jesus. <laughs> so what yes. can you tell us more about this? What was yes. the Nazarene sect? Um, so um, the Nazarene sect really refers to the Christians. And as you'll see, because, you know, Jesus is, is the Nazarene, and, you know, sometimes we, we refer to people based on, on, on the, the location of where they're from. Um, you'll see um, that person is an American, that person is an Italian, that person is a... Um, but, but here they are tying the, the religious identity with um, the location, right? So these, this Nazarene sect, right? Identifying that, going back to Jesus's um, roots, right? So, so in, in essence, it's just naming, it's naming um, the disciples as those who follow this Jesus Christ who was a Nazarene, who was from Nazareth, right? So it's, exactly. it's going back to Jesus' hometown. So it's really the Christians. And there's another way that you refer to the Christians in, in, in Acts. And I was reading it last night, right? It's right here before me. Um, in Acts 22, verse 4, it mm -hmm. says, uh, Paul, Paul is speaking, and it says, I persecuted the followers of this way for their death. So there, there are a number of ways that they spoke about the followers of Christ. They call them Christians in Acts. They call them Na the Nazarene sect. Mm -hmm. They call them, um, they, they refer to them as the way, you know, the way, those who follow this way are, you know, this pathway. And I saw that in one of the verses this week, I'm like, the way, I'm like, that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, thank you for that, Pastor McQuire. Our next question is taken from Acts 26, um, 26, verse 20, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Um, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea, and then to the Gentiles, I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. So when I read this verse, I was a little bit, confused about this and the question that we have for you today does this verse suggest that we earn salvation through works and our deeds because we learn in church in church right that's what we've learned that we are saved not through works but um by 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 grace through faith right but this verse said that you have to demonstrate your repentance by your deeds so are we so can you can you please explain that all right. So I, I know, I know um, my son is not there yet. Um, Kevin, he's not at the point where he can put his hand in the cookie jar yet. Right. Um, <laughs> but suppose, suppose, suppose he was supposed to, suppose he was to put his hand in, in the cookie jar. And I'd say to him, you know, next time you need to ask, don't put your hand in there. Right. And he said, I'm, he's I'm getting there soon. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm preparing myself mentally. Right. Um, and, and I say to him, um, son, don't put your hand in the cookie jar. Um, ask me and I'll give you because you can't eat too many cookies for the day. Right. Something mm -hmm. like that. And he said, I, I, and I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to, to be so clear as a, as a young baby, but you mm -hmm. say, I'm sorry, dad. Right. And I won't do it again. But a few hours later, guess what I see? He's putting his hand again in the cookie jar, <laughs> right? Um, and I say to him, don't do it again, son. And he said, I'm sorry that I won't do it again. Then tomorrow I come again and I see him in his hand in the cookie jar again. What it says to me is that he has not really, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm saying this on the basis that he understands what I'm talking about, but yet still um, he understands clearly, but he still um, has not expressed sorrow for the wrong he has done and has not decided to turn away from that wrong. Mm, now, that's how repentance works. Repentance says, I'm sorry for what I did, right? Now, to truly demonstrate that you, that one is sorry, one has to, it requires a change of behavior, right? Mm -hmm. you doing what you have done and, and say you're sorry and, and, and really indicate or suggest that you are truly and heartfelt um, sorrowful for what has been done. So it requires a change of behavior. And I think that's why Paul says, demonstrate your their repentance by their deeds, right? Repentance has to be evident. Now, and here's, a, here's a one, here's when, when, uh, when John the Baptist was preaching in uh, Matthew chapter, 
uh, three, three, four there. And he said to them, repent because the, 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 the ax has been laid on the tree, right? The soldiers came and, all, and he told them, if you use to steal, stop stealing, right? So repentance requires a change of deeds. Um, now, is, is that saying that I'm, I'm, I'm earning salvation by, by, by works? Um, not really. Not, no, it's not saying that. It's saying that salvation requires a transformation of character, a, character, a transformation of behavior, and that is going to be demonstrated in how I live, right? Faith plus works. That's how it is. I see. Right? I see. So I guess, you know, um, when we have faith, when we are transformed and saved, then we'll start to bear fruits, basically. So people will see that we are saved by our fruits. Is that, is that correct? Definitely, definitely. Okay, absolutely. Well, thank you for making that clear, um, Pastor McCoy. Um, and now we'll be moving to our next question. Um, and I think this is a very interesting question taken from Acts 27, verse 14. Before a very long arena, arena of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. So we all know that hurricanes and storms are signs of um, the end of times. So the question is, if hurricanes and storms are not new phenomena, because we, you know, there were storms and hurricanes I'm mentioned in the Bible. So if hurricanes and storms are not new phenomena, why are they believed to be signs of the end? All right. So there are many things that are not new um, phenomena. Okay. Um, but it's not just the phenomena itself, it is the increasing frequency and intensity okay. of, okay. of the things that makes a difference, right? Um, so when we think about the Lisbon earthquake um, in Portugal, you know, in horror interpretation of, of history um, mm -hmm. and, and prophecy, or right? Um, that was a major point in, 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 in history and in terms of or interpreting prophecy because of the magnitude um, uh, of the Lisbon earthquake, right? Um, so yes, um, these things are important. They are, they are regular phenomena, they, they happen every day. But when we see, the in, see them increase in intensity and in magnitude and frequency, then these are suggesting that there are there are things that are happening in, 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 the, in the natural world and also in the spiritual world where, um, in the natural world, right? Um, global warming, right? Um, those are signs, these are things that, that we consider time of the end to because um, when you, in, in Revelation, we're gonna get to mm -hmm. soon, um, God is gonna, gonna, gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about those who, God punishes those who are, who, how they treat the earth, right? How they re refer to the earth. And I think Paul somewhere speaks about that too, but it's not coming to me right now. But the, the idea is not new phenomena, but the, the, their occurrence in frequency, in intensity, in magnitude, um, indicate that something is abnormal. Something is not normal about that. And, right. and these, these we, can, we take into consideration as signs that, they, that indeed we are in the time of the end. Okay, well, thank you for that. So as we see more hurricanes and a little more intense, so we will know that um, the end is near. And you mentioned Revelation that we'll get through very soon. And I can believe it's almost the end of this um, Bible study, um, this um, first. Um, so, so we will get to Revelation very soon. So our next question, are we, move, um, we now move to women's, um, is from women's first, uh, verse 24. Therefore, God gave over and the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Um, can you please explain these verse? Right. So one of the one of the fundamental things about being human mm -hmm. um, is the power of choice. And one of the fundamental things about being God is um, God gives the opportunity to use to, for humans to use that ability to choose, right? God will not force the will of anyone. Um, God will not force us to come in line with God's own will. And so when the Bible says that God gave them over to their sinful desires, it is saying that God allowed them to make the choices that they desired. 
right? It's what God, God allowed them to do what they wanted to do. God, God gives us options. God says, here's the right way. Here, here's the other, other way. Um, you know, walk, walk he in the right way. So when, when it says that God gives over to the sinful desires of their heart to do, you know, sexual um, impurities, um, degrading their bodies with one another, we are to take this as to say that the burden of, of sinfulness and sinful decisions lie within our power of choice, mm. right? It is upon us to, to ch- we, we spoke about repentance a while ago. Right? We have free will basically, and we've yeah. spoken about that before. Yeah. We spoke about repentance a while ago. We, we have free will to, to, as it were, choose our destiny by choosing God, right? Um, following in God's pathway. Um, and so when we, when we turn away from God, that's when we give in to our sinful desires, which, which the only way to overcome those is to surrender to God, right? And so us today, um, the only way we can really, uh, not necessarily win, but the only way we can overcome each day, because you're going to find in Romans where there's, there's this, uh, um, Paul is, is speaking in, in terms of, there's this battle, ha- this internal battle that happens, you know, I want to do good, mm-hmm. um, but I find myself being evil and, and the evil I try to resist, I, I, I end up doing, right? So there's a battle and the only way we can overcome these sinful desires that are wrestling within our hearts to, to you know, take us over is to surrender to God, surrender our will mm-hmm. and submit to God's, God's guidance. And, and so when we don't do that, this is what happens. We, we live into the fullness of our, our sinful desires. Sure. And, and I think our next question is tied um, to this one. It's, it's taken from the same chapter, actually. It's still woman 1, um, verses 26 to 27. I'm going to read for you. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their woman exchanged natural sexual relations um, for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received um, in themselves the due penalty for their error. So the question, um, are these verses talking about homosexuality? And, how, and that's the first one. It's a twofold question. So the first one, are these verses um, referring to homosexuality? And how should Christian address a sensitive topic in church today. Yeah, this is uh, a difficult one. Um, it is. <laughs> it's because it, it, it affects, um, when I say affect, um, it is, it, it is um, something that is existent um, in many, many circles. Um, this, this touches into, into person's family life. This touches into person's relatives. It touch, it touches so many people, right? Yeah. And th- this, this matter, this issue has separated many families, right? And even churches. And so <clears throat> I'm happy that you, you mentioned in the, one of the questions says, how do we address this, this topic in, in a set, this sensitive topic in church nowadays? And, and it's, it is sensitive, and I want to acknowledge that it is sensitive um, because when we talk about homosexuality, um, we, we, we come from, we, come, we, we have to take it from a, a very um, varying um, approaches. We don't just take it from um, a religious approach, right? Because um, we take it from a sociological approach, a psychological approach, because it affects the total human being and, and all of these experiences. Um, so from a religious perspective, um, and based on this text, one would, would, would come out and say, yes, this verse is talking about um, homosexuality, right? Um, and when you talk about homosexuality, some people speak of it as an act and some people speak of it as, um, as an identity, mm-hmm. uh, something that is um, innate to their, to their being. Um, there are many arguments against that. There are many arguments for it. Um, um, but those are, those are the two ways, um, it is, it's looked at, right. Um, some will say it's a sinful act. 
some will say it's an identity. It's how I was born. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And you say to somebody, how do you give up? How do you give up how you were born or, or, or how you were made? Um, how do you, how do you, how do you tend to give up that? It's tough. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. And, and, and you can see I'm dealing with this in a, in a very intentional way because um, I, I am, I, I know they are, and, 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 and let me say it this way. I, I have had, um, I've, I've been in, in, in circles where, um, so when I was at Yale, let me see, when I was at uh-huh. Yale. Um, Yale grad, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, another saying. Um, because obviously Yale is, a, is, a, is, a, is an, um, in an inclusive community, right? Um, it doesn't matter who you are, you are accepted there for who you are and how uh-huh. you identify yourself. And the reality is, most of these people that that most of the um, that I interacted with, um, who identify themselves as gay or lesbian or, or one of one of these identities, um, they still express faith in God, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they still believe in God, right? Um, and some would say you can't you can't um, proclaim to be um, a homosexual or one of these identities and still have a have a um a relationship with god or still claim to be saved right now i as an individual had to wrestle with that um when i when i because I, that was a new thing for me that was when i went there that was that was like like new to, to hear someone say that um i am gay but i'm christian i i didn't understand that um and i can't say that i fully understand it today but one of the things that let me interject and 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 actually talking i'm thinking about it right well we all sin some of us lie or commit adultery and fornication and and we still um um um, believe that we are saved and and christians so if the bible teaches that there's no small or big sin all sin are the same so if a liar if the you know adulterous you know person can be saved so why can't the gay or, or lesbian or transgender or queer, why can't that person be saved? That would be my question to you. Right. And because in the Bible, it's all, it's all the same. I don't think there's a like big, you know, big or small sin. I don't know if, if my reading of the Bible is correct. No, no. And, and, and you're right. Because, but um, um, sexual sins were, were highlighted because of, um, of, the nature of, of, of the nature of the nature of the sin, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, no sort of Bible struggle. It's, it's, it's unnatural, right? Suggest yeah. that there's a natural way, right? Um, I was going to say something a, a while ago. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say something, right? So, so we talk about sin, but someone would say, "Does God save you as a thief? Does God mm-hmm. save you as a liar? Or God saves you from lying? Or God saves you from?" Um, from all of that, right? So now this this is a discussion that it's 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 for me and the way I approach things. Um, I'm not gonna just it's it's it, it, it takes time to to work through this, and I want to do this methodically, right? And, mm-hmm. and um and 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 with with enough enough clarity, but also with grace, right? Um, I, I was talking about my experience at Yale, right? That that. <clears throat> It was difficult for me to understand how someone could say that they are gay, but they are Christian at the same time, mm-hmm. right? But but here's one of the things that that um, that I also experience is that um, as I as I interact with these these classmates, uh, um, you know, at a lunch table in the classroom, um, at different events at the library, um, I found that the these these people, um, you know, who identify themselves as, as gay, as, you know, as different identities, they had um, a, a love for God that I still couldn't understand, right? <laughs> um, um, and so while I could stand here <clears throat> and, and, and I could say that homosexuality is wrong and, um, you know, um, all these things, I, I still have to think about these people love God, <laughs> you know, that I can't get away from that. Right. Um, because in, in, in my, in my, 
reading in my in, in, in the Bible as, as clear as it is, is, right, that, you know, it's unnatural, um, I still have to wrestle with the fact that these people, these people love God, mm -hmm. right? And so while I can, when I can, con when I, when I, when I can talk all about that, how do I, as an individual, relate to these people who say that they love God? Mm -hmm. like what, my, what is my response? How, how would God relate to these people who, who, who love God and how do I relate to them? So because it's such a sensitive topic in church, here's how I, how I personally, personally deal, deal with this. And um, some will say that I'm not an ally or I'm um, different words to talk about how people express support um, mm -hmm. or, or not support for, for, for mm -hmm. the, the community. Right. I support, I support the right for someone to choose, to choose to live and live how they, they believe God is leading them. God is calling them. I support their right to choose to be gay, to identify as gay. I support their right to do that. Am I, am I, am I, um, saying that, um, in, in saying that I support their right to choose to be gay and to live, um, am I saying I'm supporting that? I'm saying that I'm supporting the free choice that we spoke about a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, how they, how that comes out in terms of their salvation. And this is something I myself am still working through. So I can't give you, um, a definitive answer to say, right. Um, and some of, some people will say off the bat, um, they're homosexuals. They are going to hell. Listen, tell it to you the can world. Judge. To tell to the world, that's, that's not my stance. I, I'm not going to go there. Right. Um, because we're going to find, <laughs> and, and this is dovetailing, I'm, I'm just going to dovetail into the next question. We're going to find in Romans chapter two, verse one, right? The ne this next question is coming up, right? And let me read it. You therefore, and, and this is in context, right? You therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself, mm. right? So I'm not here to cast judgment on anybody, Right, mm -hmm. the, scripture, the scripture speaks clearly for itself. Right, what I am saying is that because um, um, I might not, I'm, I, I might not, not be one who I'm not going to be. The, I might not be the one who who will be um, identified as as a homosexual, right, or in this in this identity or this community. But there, there are other issues that I, as a human being, deal with, right. And as you mentioned earlier, sin is sin. So I'm not going to be here to cast judgment on anyone. I'm saying is that hopefully in, 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 um, in uh, supporting the exercise of free will, which I do, and that's how I take that position. That's, that's my position on this. I support the exercise of free will, which is a God-given gift. And uh, an individual is, is free to use it how, how they think, but they know that they will have to give account for that use of choice, right? My stance is um, lovingly encourage, lovingly um, um, give guidance, lovingly, um, if you want to say, um, give feedback, lovingly have conversations that will, will, will help others see the love of God and and walk into God's will for their lives, and but and, and walk into the direction that God God desires for them to go in. So, um, very difficult question, very sensitive. Um, I'm still working through this, um, <laughs> and, I can, I can, and I can say that, um, and I'm saying this um, with, with, with the with the within the context of the fact that um, whatever, whenever I find myself judging someone, I myself is being is being judged. I know, I know. Very hard question, difficult yeah. question, sensitive to deal with. Um, and as you said, I think you mentioned that before, um, Jesus, you know, hates sins, but he, he hates sin, but he loves the sinner. So although, you know, based on our reading of the Bible, we believe that this is a sin, but, you know, we still have love, we still have to love everyone and embrace them. 
you know, regardless of what we think they may have done and we cannot pass judgment. It's not for us to judge them because we don't know. God may be working through them. We don't know what they are going through in a relationship with God. So it's not for us to condemn them um, based on, 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 on the Bible. But quickly, before we go to the next question, and I know you had a good segue to that question already. Um, so, the, the, so how do we, see so what's tough, I think, it's how do we deal with that? Because we know, if you talk against homosexuality, right, you are taxed as homophobic, which is, you know, not mm. something you have to be labeled as. And we've seen, for instance, on the news or, you know, people who may have been called to host, let's say, a show or the Grammy or at the Oscar because they found out before they make jokes or speak against, you know, homosexuality, these people will be banned from hosting. So it's tough. So, you know, we, most of, you know, we are Christians, but we have our lives, you know, our professional lives. So how do we balance the two, the Bible and, and, and the, the way people will perceive our, what we may say, you know, what one may say against, against that scene? You know, um, and, 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 and I'm happy that you mentioned that um, you brought up this, this, this thing in, in, a, in, in the public sphere where person's previous comments come back to haunt them, as it were. Yeah. I am, um, it, it, it's the easiest thing for me to say, it's very easy, very easy for me to say, um, homosexuality is wrong. Those who are homosexuals are, are, are going to hell. It's very easy to say that, right? That's very easy to say out of mouth, right? Um, but, you mentioned how it affects people in the public sphere. That's, I can say that and without, without any, any sense of, 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 of fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, in our circles, that's, that's, the, that's the real strong belief. So I'll be protected if I say that, if you, if you please, right? I'm taking a risk in, in, in wrestling with this question in a very serious way, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm taking a risk in, in, um, in saying that um, we ought to support people's choice Exactly. Um, um, I'm taking a risk in saying that, and, and, and which I've done, and, and, and it's where I stand. Um, sorry, I'm sorry it's, it's, it's this example, but when Jesus, when Jesus, when the woman, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, right? Um, Jesus' act wasn't to say, um, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. No. Jesus' response was one of grace, one of consideration, one of forgiveness. And, and that's how I want to live my life as, not just as a pastor, and, and put the title aside. Not just as a Christian, put the title aside. I want to be, um, I want to be uh, um, sensitive to who we are as human beings. Mm -hmm. We are frail, um, frickle people, right? Um, Today I could be on the on the pedestal and, and tomorrow I, I can be on the floor. You understand yep. what I mean? So life, life, life itself um, is so nuanced, is so dynamic that we, we have to be, and that's a text, you know, we have to be careful who, how we judge. Right? Exactly. We have to be very, very careful how we judge, right? So notice again when, when Jesus came to this, this, this world, he didn't come as a and I'm going to use a phrase that, that doesn't resonate with us as Adventists. As a, he didn't come as a spirit being. He came as a, John says he came in the flesh. Why did he emphasize the flesh? Because, and I'm not saying that Jesus had propensities to sin in his flesh, but he was, he was, he had, he, he, he was able to be tempted in the flesh, right? It's, it's speaking about the difficulty of living as human beings in a sinful world. Right, mm -hmm. and so John emphasized that Jesus came, the living God came into human being flesh and lived among us, experienced all the difficulties and the challenges. And that's why Jesus could say to this woman who was caught, it wasn't news, it wasn't hearsay, right? The Bible says that she was caught in the very act. They, they, and, and they were witnesses, right? There were more than one witnesses and, and they had the right to, to, to stone her, but Jesus, forgave her, saved her life in that moment. And um, uh, um, um, say what you will about me, but that's what I want to do. I want to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. That, that's my, that's my, that's my, I, I don't want to be anything else. 
but to be like Jesus, Jesus. As, best, as best as I can be. And that's what I'm so learning to do. I'm trying to do everything. So we have to be like Jesus. We have to do it with grace, with love and respect their free will. Right. Amen. So our next question, and we, you read the verse before. So the question is whom he's Paul addressing in this verse and what judgment were those addressed here? Um, what judgment were, were they passing? Right. So um, it, based on the context, it, it was it was referring back to. Um, uh, and, and fundamentally, fundamentally, when you read um, Romans chapter one, fundamentally, mm -hmm. all of these issues, which you mentioned earlier in a question, stems from denying the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. resisting the will of God, all of these issues stem from that, right? And so when you read now, Paul is talking about, um, uh, let me start at verse 28 in chapter one. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, right? They didn't, when it's the knowledge of God, um, to accept God, to, to, to affirm God's existence and God's power um, and God's rule over one's life. He gave them over to depraved minds to do what they ought not to be done. They became filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, um, murder, envy, strife, deceit, malice. So when you look in the passage, as you mentioned earlier, um, um, Cassandra, it's not just about homosexuality, mm -hmm. right? It's talking about the things that we call, we classify as little sins, right? Exactly. Envy, strife, deceit, malice, slander, insolence, arrogance, boastfulness right um these are the things that 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 that, that paul in verse in chapter two verse one saying um be careful you're judging somebody you, you you're going to find yourself that you are indeed in a place of sinfulness to or, or committing acts of sin so we're all are, sinners <laughs> right right and, and in the church out you know as we know our against can be a very big one you know this people think that they are saved they are holier than everyone and they can be very arrogant. So we have to be careful because there's something forever in the Bible. When the pastor is preaching, he thinks preaching about that sister, he's preaching to that brother, he's talking to you too. Because we're all sinners, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Same boat. So let's move quickly because, you know, time is almost up. So Woman 7, um, verses 7 to 11, I'm, I'm going to read for you quickly. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I will not have known what sin was had in it not been for the law, for I would not have known what conveying really was it was if the law had not said, you shall not covet, but sin seizing for seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment produced in me every kind of coveting, for apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive, apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually was death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. Long, confusing verse. <laughs> Can you, well, not verses, verses, passage. Can you please explain it? All right. So... Paul is describing this, the, the rest, the, the struggle with sin and the law and how the law works in the midst of that, right? Mm -hmm. So here, here's, here's a basic outline of Paul's argument. The law reveals that we are sinful, right? But the law itself is not sinful. Okay. So that's, okay. Kind of, that's kind of the basic breakdown, right? So Paul, here's Paul's argumentation. The law tells me what sin is, right? But just because the law tells me what sin is doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the law. The law, okay. The law itself is still good, right? Because when you read, I think, let me read down to verse, uh, verse, verse 12. This is what verse 12 says. So then the law is holy. The commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Uh -huh. it, the law is holy, righteous, and good because it shows us our sins. The law performs a, 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 a certain task, right? Um, and here's kind of another argumentation. Where there, there is no law, there is no sin, 
right? And Paul is making the argument that the law is significant in as we struggle with sin, as we, we, we are struggling with sin, don't blame the law, right? Don't, the law is not the problem here, right? <laughs> the law simply shows you what, what, what sin is. And tell mm -hmm. you where the, 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 the demarcations are, the, the commandments are, the, what, what wrong is, what good is, right? So don't blame the law for sin because the law is good, holy, and just, right? Paul is going gonna, is gonna to go down now and he's going to make, he's going to talk about another law, which is causing the problem. And that's the law of sin, which is in our bodies, right? So when you read, the, when you read further down in chapter 7, you're going to see Paul talking about that, the law of sin, you know, which is working in me. Right, you know, so there's another law which is not the holy law and not the holy commandment which reveals it, <laughs> but the law of the how sin itself works to um to, to bring us to demise. Right, Thank you. you made that very clear, you made that verse uh, that passage uh, very clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, next one, um, next question, woman eight, um, verse one, and we're very familiar with that verse, um, therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does it mean that there's no condemnation in Jesus? All right. So um, I commit a traffic offense and I want to defend myself. So I go to traffic court and I've and um, and we're all guilty of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The spitting tickets. <laughs> well, well, let's say let's say let's say I'm all innocent. Well, let's say I'm 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 I'm. Yeah, I'm guilty, right? Let's say I'm all guilty. Um, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna do this one. Let's say I'm guilty, right? Um, and I pay my fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say the judge pay my fine. Or you know, we can do that one hour or whatever. But I'm just gonna say I pay my fine. Mm -hmm. After the penalty has been paid. You can no longer put me, you, you can, I mean, you know this as, 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 a, as, a, as an esquire, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, after I, I have paid my debt, um, you can no longer condemn me. You can no longer punish me for any wrongdoing because I have paid the debt. But the, in, this, <laughs> in, in this case, it is Christ who has paid the debt. Amen. And that's why it says there's no condemnation in Christ. Right. And being in Christ is being in a relationship with Christ, being saved in Christ, being in a relationship with Christ, um, um, surrendered to Christ. So once I am in Christ, the one who paid the debt. There's no condemnation that can come come upon me. Right. Because he paid the price for you. Right. Because he, 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 he in him, the price is paid. And, the, and Paul, Paul has this. Um, uses this phrase often throughout his epistles. And, and that's something you can do a study on itself, which many people have done. It's called the Enchristo reality, right? In, in, uh, in crystal. In Greek, it's Enchristo, right? In Christ, right? What happens when a person passes in Christ, that's, that's he's saying something specific there, in Christ, right? Um, when you're in, in a relationship with Christ, when you're in Christ, you have all the blessings and the benefits that, that comes with Christ being the savior. Mm. Right? So in Christ, you are shielded from judgment. In Christ, you are justified. In Christ, you are saved. In Christ, you are sanctified. In Christ, you are reconciled. In Christ, you are redeemed. So when you read Paul and you see this in Christ, pay close attention to it because Paul is, is saying something, something um, important there. Sure, sure. Women's 9, verse 13, just as it, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. So if God is love, and if he loves all of us, regardless of our sins, um, how can you explain that he hated Esau? Right. So um, um, first thing to be clear about, um, Paul is not, Paul, Paul is, is quoting, um, let me tell you who is quoting. He's quoting, um, he's quoting another verse of scripture. He's quoting down in Malachi, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, Paul is not speaking specifically to the individuals, Jacob, the individual brothers, Jacob and Esau. He's talking mm -hmm. about tribes and, and, and who God chose as the, the line through which um, um, salvation would come and stuff. So when it says that Jake, Paul, um, God loved Jacob but hated Esau, it's not saying that God really, really hated him, but God chose um, Jacob above Esau. Right, okay. and we can go back to that story and, and 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 talk about that. Right. So the question is, if God is love, and if He loves all of us regardless of our sins, how can we explain it? Verse. It is 
sovereign choice, right? And by sovereign choice, I mean God has the right to choose whoever God wants to use to do whatever God wants to be done, mm-hmm. right? Very so it's not, it's not a matter of love and hate in, the, in these terms that are used, but a matter of who will God choose as a vessel to accomplish this um, divine task? Um, right. And it was Jacob's lineage, right? The house of Jacob, um, um, which we see Joseph, and then it goes from, you know, in Egypt, and then we see how it goes on throughout the, the, the Old Testament, right? So it's more about God's sovereign choice and God's desire, who God chooses to use um, in accomplishing God's God's divine will. Amen, amen. So we don't have much time. I'm going to take two last questions quickly, and we'll, we'll you know, if we can give quick answers to those two final right. questions. Um, the first one, um, Romans 9, verse 13, therefore, um, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. So the question is, does God harden someone's heart? And I know you talk about this specifically when we, at the beginning of this, when we yes, talk about yes. Moses and, and, yes. and exhaust listening, you know, a few weeks ago, listening back to some past episode. And I'm like, very interesting. So does God harden someone's heart, Pastor McCoy? And this, is, and notice the theme, this is a quick, quickly, as you said, in, in Romans, there's this, there's this thing where God, allows people to have, have exercise their, their, their power, their free will. And God also, also exercises this, this sovereign will over everyone's will, right? Now, um, does God harden heart in the sense of God turns one own heart against God? No, God gives one a choice. But as, as one resists God's choice, um, one eventually goes to the place where one's heart is hardened against God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this. The, you, you have the light and you have the darkness. The closer you get to the light, the more you come out of the darkness, <laughs> right? Um, the more you walk away from the light, the further you go into darkness. It's like that. The closer we walk to God's will, the more our hearts are open to God. The further we walk away from God's will, the more our hearts are hardened. Does that make sense for a quick answer? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So he gives you will. So you go further away from him, so... Yeah, it yes. gets worse. But yes. if you make a U-turn and if you repent, God, yes, yes, because it's 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 up to you. He gave you free will. Right, we got we got it. Um, so our final question, Pastor McCoy, um, Women's is taken from Women's fourteen verse um, twenty one, and then before I'm reading from the New International Version, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine, and to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So the question is, is this verse suggesting that I must abstain from doing what pleases me if it causes others to fall? You know? <laughs> All right. And, and I'm going to be very applicable and very short in this one. And very relevant point, right? Yes. Let's, let's, let's change, let's substitute um, eating and drinking for vaccines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one, the COVID vaccine? Yes. Or just let's any vaccine? Let's, vaccine. Va- let's say vaccine. No, let's say COVID vaccine. Okay. Right? It is, it is better not to eat or to drink. It, it is better not to eat and drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. Let's put vaccine in this case, right? Oh, boy. Okay. Speaking about communal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Communal responsibility here, right? Um, I know... And, and you know, um, in Jamaica, they, 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 there's a saying um, in Jamaica, don't rub butter, puss mouth. Right? Mm. Let me explain that. What does that mean? <laughs> now, in, 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 in domestic cats, where I come from, normally eat out your food, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea is don't train cats to, to eat your food or mm. don't put butter on the cat's mouth because he's going to want more butter. Okay, okay. Right? So the idea is, if you know that your brother or sister has a, has a weakness or, 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 or frailty to something, don't bring it in their, in their, in their, in their you know, area or somewhere where it can influence them, you know, like alcoholics. And I'm going back to vaccines. I'm coming back to vaccines. But like alcoholics, um, if someone's trying to get over the, this, this addiction, you don't want to say, come, let's go out to have a drink if you want to hang out. Let's go to the beach or something. Let's go to the park, but not to go, let's have a drink. Mm-hmm. Communal because that may cause a person to fall and relapse. Right, right. So, so communal responsibility, right? So in this case now, um, how do we exercise communal responsibility when it comes to the COVID vaccine? And now 
we had Delta, but now we have Omicron, the new variant, which is, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, my wife was telling me something about some strains. I don't know what, she knows it, but she was telling me, the point is it's in the more medical, deadly yeah. and easier to be transmitted um, than, than the, 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 the Delta. Right? Yeah, so yeah. Just, I, I, don't, I can't go into that. But the point is it's more dangerous. When it comes to the unvaccinated, right? Um, how is that causing our brother or sister to fall? Hmm. How is it's communal responsibility in this regard? Here it is saying, do not eat and drink, but here's, here, here, here is um, um, McCoy, uh, McCoy chapter 14, verse 21, right? Hmm. Um, thou sh um, you, should not, you, you should get vaccinated so, in, to prevent your brother or sister from getting uh, um, um, the virus, something like that. But the idea I'm trying to emphasize here is, communal responsibility and that's something that this text is, is 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 issuing to us right all of us holding up each other being responsible for each other's well-being right and i brought the the, the 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 vaccine in this because it is something that is 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 relevant to us today and it's something mm. that's affecting us as a, as a not not just a, as a community here in south florida not just the americas but the world and you notice um i was listening to npr again and um you're talking about what's happening in in africa um, in on the content, about thirty percent or so so is vaccinated, and so while we can celebrate here in America that um, you know the rates are going down and so many people are vaccinated, it will remain a problem for the world until the entire world comes to a certain level of vaccination. Communal responsibility. So we in America, we in America here can't celebrate yet because um, Britain's locked down because they they heard of the Omicron uh, um, 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 strain, but now you heard that it's already there. So we can lock down in America. We can speak about how our eye vaccination rates and stuff um, and all of that. But who knows if it's here already? The idea is we have to exercise communal responsibility. Um, governments, richer governments around the world need to ensure that um, um, those who can't afford vaccinations um, are, have access to them. More education around our own vaccination um, to debunk some of, these, some of these lies about vaccines, right? Um, yeah, because we live as a community, we rely on other people for food. So although we may be doing well here, right? Right. You know, people be coming right. from right. from right. Mexico, from Haiti, from from Africa, from yes. everywhere, and yes. and we all we are all in this together. Yeah, we Good are point. one Good world. Point. We are one world in this together. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, not America, <laughs> not Jamaica. Not only Jamaica, not only America, not only Haiti, not only Africa, for God's soul of the world. And as Christians who have been saved by a God who loved the world, we have to exercise a certain communal responsibility towards the world. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor McCoy, that concludes episode 48 of the Bible Unmasked. And thank you. You've done such a wonderful job. You've done such a wonderful job um, taking us to these verses um, that we, some of them were harder to understand and, and we have a better, a clearer picture of what we read um, this week. And as I mentioned before, it looks like we're still in Jamaica with that background. Is this my background also? I have yeah. some, some coconuts behind me. I will see you from the island, from Jamaica, and I'm from the yeah. island, I'm from Haiti yeah. as well. So we, we all want to be, you know, uh, we all are nostalgic of, of where we are from. Um, so Pastor McCoy, um, next week we'll be reading um, Romans 15 to 2 Corinthians 9. Can you please tell us what we should expect, um, expect from um, um, this reading? Right. So we are, as we, 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 we did this, this, this today, um, started into the epistles, which were written sp to specific um, Christian communities, some that Paul raised up um, and other people, and some um, which he's affiliated with, um, um, though he's not been there, um, for instance, like Romans, right? So we're going to close out Romans. Um, um, and Paul is now in the end of Romans, bringing us to a place of application in terms of how we live out um, the, the, the saved status that we have, right? Um, he's going to tell us how to be responsible, live responsible, um, which we did today in some of the questions, how to be responsible based on the fact that we have been saved by grace. Um, in, 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 in the Corinthians now, um, we're going to see Paul speaking to a community which is gifted but divided. <laughs> Right, mm. gifted but divided community, and he's going to give um, guidance as to how they, they are to, to live um, and their responsibility to the larger community. Um, 
um, in, in which they are. Um, so so we are going we are going into into more um, direct um, um, writings addressing specific issues related to specific communities um, in these episodes that are coming up. Well, that will be interesting. And as you I'm reading, and if you have any questions, please text your questions to 954-388-8780. That number again, 954-388-8780. And make sure you read with your friends, your family members, your coworkers. And remember, don't try to try to read the whole thing in one day. It will be too much, but try to read every day as you just you can digest what you are reading. And next week we'll have um Thank Pastor Paul and Lenny Anderson will be on next week. So, Pastor McCoy, this is the end. Um, and, and also remember to like us on YouTube so you can, you know, you can, um, you will know when exactly we have a new live stream or a new episode of the Bible on Mass. And it's almost over. We only have a few, a few, just one month left, December, and it will be over. So, Pastor McCoy, again, thank you. That was a wonderful presentation. Um, thank you for sharing the word of God with us. Can you please now um, pray? Loving Jesus, we ask that you will help us to be like no one but you. Um, we know we have sinful tendencies. We are prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. But here's our heart taken, seated, seated for your courts above. Help us, God, that all in all we do, in all we say, and how we live, and how we move, and how we're being, our desire, our goal, will be to submit our will to you, so that we can turn away from our sinful desires, submit ourselves to you, and also live in your grace and live it out um, in community among ourselves. That as we wait on your coming more people can experience your grace on earth in jesus name amen 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 well thank you pastor mccoy and thanks for watching see you next sunday plantation sda church presents the bible unmasked read your bible daily and join us every sunday at 7 30 p.m for our weekly discussion from genesis all the way through to revelation Let's read the entire Bible in 2021 with the Bible Unmasked.